Good afternoon and welcome to Equine Devil's Advocate. I'm going to hold off with the weather report today as today we are actually taking our thoughts to the other side of the world. For today's podcast is a midweek special which is why it's coming to you on Wednesday and it's dedicated to a specialist topic question that was put forward to us by a lady in Canada. This lady is called Laura, and some of you will know, but for those of you who don't, she and her family have a YouTube channel documenting their horsey journey, and it's called Day by Day Vlogs. You may like to take a look at that. Now, without further ado, here is what she wrote. Hi, my name is Laura. My daughters and I are new horse owners, and we also have a horsey YouTube channel. We have recently sparked a debate on our channel and was hoping you could shed some light on it. Four months ago, we purchased a 12-year-old horse for our then 8-year-old daughter. She was sold as an ex-school horse and it was obvious when we tried her that she had a kind soul and was quite gentle. Soon after we purchased her, however, we discovered that she had some health issues. She has a fusing hock, which we are dealing with under the direction of our vet. She was also severely overweight and is on a strict diet and exercise plan. She has lost a lot of weight so far with us and seems to be on the right path finally. Our issue is that we recently changed barns and soon after moving she spooked twice in the dark part of the arena. She bolted each time with our kids on her and it was terribly scary. One child stayed on but was scared out of her mind. The younger daughter, unfortunately, was unable to stay on and was tossed off. Our subscribers are divided on the fact that many feel she is not the right horse for us and we should sell her. The other half feel that she is worth the time and effort and that we should keep going with her. Good things come to those that wait. My question is, do you feel that horses need to fit the rider? And if you end up with one that isn't the right fit, should you sell it and buy another? Or do you feel that with a lot of work and dedication, you can help a horse become what you want and need? Thank you for your time and consideration, Laura. So, as I said on Monday, this is a, it's a great question, but it's also a very big question. And funnily enough, um, it's not so surprising. It's actually a frequently asked question because it seems to be more of a common dilemma than a lot of you might think. You see, people, Laura's question is actually a question of morality. Here we have a lady with a moral responsibility to her children, their care, their well-being, their future, and their happiness. And she has the same moral responsibility to a horse that she's bought, a horse called Stella. A moral responsibility to Stella's future, Stella's well-being, care, and happiness. So, this is how we here at Equine Devil's Advocate tackle such a big issue. This is our philosophy. Firstly, personalize. A horse must be your horse. The horse that brought you to this question 
and the rider in the question must be identified as you. Then you strip the whole scenario right back to its bare bones, the nitty gritty, nuts and bolts, bottom line. You see, then from that baseline, you can start to build your answer. So let's begin. You are, of course, all very welcome to join in with this process. Just, you know, get yourself a whiteboard, a large notepad and pen, bedroom wall, if you like. Uh, just make sure it's washable paint. And let's take a look. How does this philosophy, how does this formula work? First point, perspective, people. Very, very important. We are all individuals. We are all very different, as are our horses. This is Laura and her family in this scenario. This is their dilemma, but all of them in it also as individuals. This baseline rule of our philosophy has to be this way because we can all identify with someone's issues to one degree or another, but the moment we personalize them in our own mind, it is no longer theirs. It becomes our own adaptation of that experience, our adaptation of that spook, buck, bolt. And the result of that adaptation can only muddy the water, distort our baseline, which we need to be clear in order to build an answer. So, Laura and family, you will all need your own bits of paper. Think of it like a quiz where everybody wins. Now, take your pen, draw a line through the page from top to bottom, split it in half. One side, Stella's side. The other side, Sophie's side. And now we personalize. Who is Stella? Not what, but who? She is described as sweet and gentle, but what else? What does she enjoy? When does she prick her ears and look bright and alert, happy, uplifted, animated? What makes her content? What makes her relaxed? What makes her at peace? When does she give of herself? When does her individuality and her personality shine through? When do we see that? What is she doing when she does that? Then we do the same for Sophie on the other side of the page. Who is this little girl? What makes her happy? What makes her feel uplifted and animated? And again, what makes her content and relaxed and at peace? Next, what does Stella not like? What does she not enjoy? When does her expression change? When does she retreat into herself? And now, the same for Sophie. What is it that she doesn't enjoy? What makes her retreat into herself? So this, people, is how you build your baseline. Next, take the same principle to both Stella and Sophie in their riding. 
When does Stella enjoy her ridden work, her exercise? When does she look happy and engaged? When does she give of herself and apply herself to her work? And the opposite, when does she seem disinterested and not enthusiastic? And again, the same for Sophie. What does she love about her riding? What is her favourite part? When is she happy and engaged, wanting to do more? And when not enthusiastic and perhaps needs persuasion and cajoling? So now, perhaps you see the principle of using a baseline to identify and assess the fit of two individuals and see do they mesh as individuals? Is there a baseline compatible connection? You see, when you buy a horse, you're buying a personality, a whole picture in that four-legged furry package. There are thoughts, there are feelings, there are senses, there are likes, dislikes, foibles, quirks. There are natural abilities and instincts there is intelligence, the ability to learn, to adapt, to be generous and kind, or to be stubborn and willful. And yes, exactly the same can be said of us in our two-legged package. We have thoughts, feelings, senses, likes, dislikes, foibles, quirks, natural ability and instincts. There is too, with us, intelligence, the ability to learn, to adapt, to be generous and kind, and yes, to be stubborn and willful also. So, start to build your picture, compare your fit, and when you're done, put that paper to one side. Now, in this scenario in particular, we also have some other considerations. We have some health issues. Stella's weight management and a fusing hock. The first seems to be under control, the second is more of an unknown. There are always stories of successes with things like this, but yet sadly there are also the opposite. Now, perhaps the unknown equivalent factor on the human side is being nine years old. How can you know what you really like unless you've tried it, seen it, smelt it, tasted it? Simple answer, you don't. Childhood is a time for exploring, experimenting, learning, developing, growing, making mistakes, and yes, hurting yourself on occasions from time to time. None of this can happen without opportunity and without variety. Now, how does this little girl approach opportunity and variety? Back to the baseline. Are you ready? Are you yearning to explore, challenge, develop, experience? Or are you very content exactly where you are at the moment? So again, we say assess the fit between the horse and the rider from this perspective. So let's say for argument's sake that our baseline fit is good. There's lots of common ground lots of compatibility, lots of connection. And now we will take a look at Camp Biscuit, Team New Horse. We feel the same philosophy must apply here.
where are those baseline connections? Can you see a future with these two new personalities? For while Sophie is not new to you, she certainly is to new horse, and a new horse also is to her. Try this analogy. Buying a horse in one or two meetings is like plucking a random person from the street. A couple of hours of conversation and voila, decision is made. We'll be great together. Well, yes, you may be, but there will definitely be some arguments and some disagreements along the way. At this point, you cannot know what form they will take. And somewhere along the line, the words compromise, empathy, patience will become your best assets. And yes, it may very well work out swimmingly. Or New Horse could turn out to be Groundhog Day. Now, for sake of argument, if New Horse were not an unknown quantity, totally, a horse perhaps that you had seen before or ridden before or known of through somebody who knew it particularly well and had some vested interest in its history and its future, then perhaps you could eliminate a large part of the unknown risk factor. But you still need your baseline. You still need your compatibility of fit. Because it's not what you are, where you're at in your riding, how long you've been riding, beginner, novice, experienced. It's actually about who you are, who that individual that you are in that stage of your journey. So, Team Horse would sensibly be approached with the same principle, the same formula. Get yourself another piece of paper if you want to explore this direction. What then are the considerations for New Horse? What are the questions we need to ask ourselves? Where to start? Where to look for New Horse? Who to ask? Who to tell what it is you're looking for? And above all, what exactly are the requirements of New Horse? What is its role? What are your expectations? You can see these all need to be part of the baseline compatibility. Is New Horse potentially good in that role? Can it fit and fill your expectations with happiness and a willingness to adapt to a new family and a new rider and a new barn? If that is all good, then comes the consideration for a new beginning, a new beginning for Stella. Put that to one side for the time being, for there, again, there are many more questions that need an answer. That consideration needs a direction and a route, again, with a baseline compatibility for her. You see, there is a world of difference between getting rid of and the pride we can feel in being so instrumental in putting a horse on a better path to happiness and to a better life. There is also potentially a third option. Enter Camp Coya, Team Stella and New Horse. Well, let's consider this as well, still from our baseline. You see, we here at Equine Devil's Advocate feel that this scenario is a particularly good example of dislike the deed, not the horse itself. I am, of course, talking about the spook, Bolt, 
From Laura's correspondence, it seems it happened twice, two different riders, and from the same location in the arena at a new barn in quick succession. This is what we have to call the deed. In four months of ownership, which, no, granted, is not a very long time, there was no sign previously of this type of an issue, so it rather speaks for itself. Therefore, we do not incorporate this into our baseline. We put it to one side. Yes, it's something that needs to be addressed. Yes, it's very scary. No question. But not right now. Later, when all the ducks are in a row. You see, we have to be realistic, people. We are all human and horse alike. We all have the capacity to be startled out of our wits. So let's take another piece of paper, section of whiteboard, another piece of bedroom wall. Because here, in Camp Coya, Team Stella and New, there are important practical questions to be considered. Firstly, of course, the obvious, the financial. There is potentially a new purchase, and then the ongoing financial care of three horses. Time has got to be a big consideration, and the responsibility of each on who does that fall the time of year yes it's winter less hours of daylight frozen temperatures frozen children is there someone who can help with exercising how will that work out is it practical and is it financially doable on a daily basis then if yes what then is Stella's new role in this picture how does that play out does that new role have a baseline fit for her? Is new horse Groundhog Day or a great fit, but a stepping stone back to Stella? Or is new horse to take over from Stella permanently and become the new riding partner? All these questions need to be asked in order to help to create a clarity for any further decision. You see, when it comes right down to the nitty-gritty, it is, after all, only us that know truly how we feel when we greet that horse, when we groom that horse and ride that horse, and how we really feel after riding that horse and when we get off that horse. But most importantly, don't ever forget, that horse does know how you feel. We want a perfect partner, but so too do they. Now, being equine devil's advocate, it is only fair, and we have to flip this question. We have to look at the other side. If when looking at your baseline compatibility, if that fit does not look so good and does not look so compatible, let's explore the last part of Laura's question, which was, quote, Or do you feel that with a lot of work and dedication, you can help a horse become what you want and need? Unquote. This part of the question is truly a yes and no answer. Yes, you can. There are many, many people who would tell you that is exactly what they have done. And no, there are probably just as many people who would tell you that they tried 
and it was a disaster. You may need more paper. So we have to go back. We have to go back to your first page. Okay? Who is this horse that you wish to transform? Who is that individual? Who is that unique personality? And yes, first personalize, then strip back to the nitty gritty, warts and all, as we say. And on your side of the paper, ask yourself, does what you want and what you need of that horse take away from it? Does it take away from the horse? Does it in any way suppress its natural ability? Do your needs require conformity to you and to you alone? Do your wants and needs enhance that particular horse's life? Are your wants and needs a desire to give or to take? And how far are you willing to go to achieve your desired result? What are your expectations for that horse? And what, what must that horse give for the result to happen? Must he or she lose their sense of self, suppress their senses and their natural abilities? What then is their reward? Where then can they find pleasure in what is being asked of them? Or is your end result just one of a resigned horse? And what does that end partnership look like? Indeed, is that end result actually a partnership at all? I have a little pearl of wisdom for you all. One thing to remember across the board, all animals gravitate to pleasure. But our philosophy still applies. <clears throat> Those that succeed in these situations do so because they see the who. They see the individual. They see the personality of the horse they want to help of the horse they want to work with. They identify in some way and they like what they see. They know that their hard work and commitment and dedication is truly an act of giving. It's an act of giving to bring out the best qualities in that horse, to enhance its natural skills and to give them an outlet for expression, a reason to be of value, a reason to find pleasure in a compatible way. The unsuccessful, those who may have perhaps bitten off more than they can chew, by admitting defeat and letting go can actually create an opportunity for success. Their own success, for now they perhaps understand themselves better, and the success of that horse that they let go of, an opportunity for that horse to find a truly compatible new partner and so we here at equine devil's advocate say take our formula strip everything back take it back to a baseline and then build your answer piece by piece with honesty then when you've done that wait do not make a decision in haste not without consideration Leave your answers and your building blocks to one side. Then come back. Reread them. Take the opportunity to look at your horse again with fresh eyes. Look at yourself. Understand a bit better 
Who are you? Then go back, tweak your answers, put more building blocks in place, reassess your fit with your horse. Then, when you and only you are ready and at peace, make your decision. So, please, you are all invited. Choose your page, www.equinedevilsadvocate.com, Hot Stuff, Team Stella, Biscuit, Team New Horse, or Koya, Team Both. All emails on the website and details are private. You can leave your answers or your vote on Facebook, privately or publicly, and of course on Podbean, which is public. And join us on Sunday for the follow-up and further discussion of day-by-day specialist topic. Till then, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, take care and we will speak soon.